this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Throughout the season of Lent, I've been preaching on the I Am Sayings from the Gospel of John, and I'm really having fun with these. I've never actually taken the time to preach on each one back to back, and I really love it because I think each image reveals something unique about who Jesus is. Last Sunday, it was I Am the Light of the World, and this week it is I Am the Good Shepherd. Now, before I read the scripture for just a moment, and from John chapter 10, you know that shepherd imagery is used a lot in scripture. It was an image that people in Jesus' time and place definitely knew well. They knew how the shepherd related to the sheep. They knew how the shepherd's life looked and smelled and what he would do to care for his sheep. But for us, I mean, maybe a few of you out there have some sheep experience, but I think for most of us, it, it, it's regulated to the petting zoo. I happen to have a few neighbors when I lived in rural Tennessee uh, that next to me that had about three or four sheep. And here's the takeaway that I learned about these sheep. These particular sheep were the survivors from a flock that had been slowly picked off by coyotes. And finally, the owner of these sheep had given them away to try to save their lives. And so these three or four were very, very skittish sheep. And they could not catch these sheep. And they actually are the kind that needed to be sheared. But because they were so hard to catch, their wool was just hanging off them. They actually looked pretty miserable. People would ask, what's wrong with those sheep out there? They just, they had so much wool and it was like dreadlocks coming off of them, and, but they couldn't catch them. And so that's what I've learned about sheep, is that they don't know what's good for them. <laughs> they just didn't know that the people out there were trying to help them. They eventually were caught and were taken care of, But overall, I realized that sheep as creatures just really don't know what's good for them. And when Jesus talks about sheep and shepherd, we keep in mind that Jesus loved to use everyday images and everyday things to talk about big things about God. It's how he taught. He used everyday things so that people would understand what he was trying to tell them. And so when we hear this scripture this morning, I hope you will keep in mind that people really knew intimately what it was like, the relationship between sheep and shepherd. This morning I'm reading from John chapter 10, beginning in verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who's not the shepherd, does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. 
I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. With that image of the shepherd, Jesus takes this common image of shepherd and sheep and begins to teach. I am the good shepherd, he says. The good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. The wolves, when they come, when they surround, when they threaten, the hired hand runs. The hired hand's not paid enough to risk himself for such a thing, but the shepherd stays. The shepherd fights for his sheep. The shepherd would even die for his sheep. I am the good shepherd, he says, the shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep. Now, I remember a lunch I had years ago now with an interim minister, a Methodist interim minister, and we had, were just getting to know each other, and we were having the typical conversation ministers have when you're just getting to know each other. Where did you go to seminary? Where have you served? What kind of positions have you had? And, uh, and, and then I, at the time, had two babies. My kids were just young and just new to this parenting gig. And he told me he had a grown son who lived in North Carolina, and he had two grandsons who were the apple of his eye. And then he just mentioned as he was saying that, sort of casually, they don't go to church anywhere. I sort of thought he was about to give me some sort of tale of woe of growing up in the church, so I just asked. I said, did they they have a bad experience growing up? And he said, no, I, I think if you asked him, he would tell you quite the opposite. He said, I, I just think they're too busy. They see that their lives are too busy, and they just don't bother with it. And I felt for him because I know personally what it is to dedicate yourself to the church, this institution, this institution that is deeply flawed and deeply beautiful. I know what it is to dedicate your life to the spreading of the gospel, to nurture people into the faith while watching your own son walk out the back door. It's hard. It's hard. And I felt for him. And I told him, I said, I know that has to be a hard thing. I actually asked, have you, have you talked to him about it? He said, he's a grown man. I try to let him make his own decisions. Then he said, besides, if God wants him, God will get him. And it was that little phrase that I, I laughed about. If God wants him, God will get him. And maybe you too know what it is to have prayers on your heart. <laughs> A feeling of undoneness, of something you just wish you could fix and change. Broken relationships, regrets in the past, prayers and longings that we feel like we carry to God day after day, year after year. You know what it feels like to just come up against something that you wish you could change and you know you are powerless to do so. And I know, 
Over the years, I have preached on this gospel, John 10, the 42 verses I have preached on every single part of those 42 verses. I've talked about when Jesus says, I am the gate. I've talked about Jesus uh, being the voice of the shepherd that we listen to, guides us and calls to us. I've talked about the shepherd who protects us and guides us. I've talked about the shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. I've talked about all 42 of these verses in all kinds of different ways. And in fact, we know on Holy Week that Jesus will show us what he means. The good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He will refuse to be anything less than who he is, even if it means losing his life. But this week, a certain part of this passage really struck me, and it was in verse 16. Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Now often people wonder, well, scholars really surmise what Jesus meant in this passage. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold and I will bring them and they will listen to my voice. Is this a nod towards the church's future ministry to the Gentile church? As I certainly think it probably is. Is it a statement about other faiths? Is it one flock? One shepherd? Is it a reminder of the ultimate unity of the church? These are good questions to ask and surmise. But you know what I took away from this particular couple of verses here you know what gives me comfort the shepherd's not done the good shepherd is still on the loose the shepherd is still at work tending to his flock it reminds me of that expression God loves us just as we are but God loves us too much to let us stay that way the good shepherd still on the loose in the world, doing his work to care for his sheep, gathering them into the fold. That's who he is. That's what the good shepherd does. And he's not done yet. I read this funny little phrase in a book once that I have always kept in mind. It says, you can get the monkey off your back, but the circus never leaves town. And I love that phrase. You can get the monkey off your back, but your circus never leaves town. And to me, it speaks to the undoneness of life, that undoneness feeling of life. I remember listening to an interview with um, Dr. Maya Angelou, poet, writer. Love her writing. So I think she was receiving some lifetime award, and she was giving an interview, and she said this quote, and it sort of shocked me at the time. Um, what she said was, I'm always amazed when people walk up to me and say, I'm a Christian. I think, already? You already got it. I'm working at it. She was 83 years old when she said that. I'm working at it. She, in her clever, poetic way, I think, was trying to speak of the undoneness of the Christian journey. The sense that God's not done with us yet. That we continue to seek and to grow and to learn to become more fully the person God is calling us to be. And God's not done with us yet. Now the sheep, they didn't elect the shepherd. They didn't vote for him. He didn't run for office. 
He didn't win a popularity contest. He isn't going to retire or go anywhere. I am the good shepherd just is. It's who he is. The one who leads the sheep. The one who guides them with his voice. The one who is so in love with these sheep that he would even offer his very life to protect them. And the sheep don't have to earn their spot. And they don't have to prove they are worthy. They just are. They are his. His sheep. They belong to him. And even though we are prone to wander and get lost, panic and get scared and run in a million directions, even though we have time and time again listened to the wrong voice instead of the voice of the shepherd. And even though we seem to never know what's good for us, we are still his sheep. And the shepherd will never stop. His work is never done. In fact, if you remember another story that Jesus told about sheep, a hundred sheep, one shepherd, and one sheep wanders. And what does the shepherd do? He goes and searches for that one. He leaves the 99 and searches for the one. You don't do that. It's crazy. A businessman would tell you, no, what you do is you cut, you cut your losses and you stick with the 99 to make sure they are safe and taken care of and provided for. You don't go searching for that one sheep, but not our shepherd, not the good shepherd. He searches and searches and searches until he finds the one lost sheep and then says, now we will celebrate. <laughs> it's what he does. So, when you are 83 or 23 or 53 or 103 and you're mindful that you're working at it still, a work in progress, mindful of the ways you have wandered Mindful of the times you've listened to the wrong voice, the shepherd never stops searching for you. The shepherd is still on the loose, and his work, his flock, are not done yet. And when you need a reminder after all, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Amen. Amen.